I have got to figure out a way to keep that repair from ghosting. to Tim McKinney of ITW Evercote. Evercote, the brand trusted by more shops for automotive, commercial, and marine repairs than any others for almost 70 years. Bringing you continued innovations like light speed repair system to streamline and improve repairs at the speed of light. Optex filler with color changing technology and Optex super build with a built-in guide coat. And now, here's Tim. Hello everyone, Tim McKinney here with Evercoat. Ghost mapping. Well, if you've been around the shop, you've seen it. Heck, you may have had a repair do it to you. It's that phenomenon, for those of you who've never had it or seen it, where the repair can be seen after it's done. And usually this happens where you can see it out in the sun. It's warm, you can see the repair, and you bring it in the shade, you bring it in the shop, and all of a sudden you can't see the darn thing anymore. Well, where did it go? Well, it didn't go away. It's still there. And usually this is caused from a couple different scenarios. Number one would be uh, the repair material didn't have enough room to set into the repair. And a lot of times I hear about a ghost mapping whenever someone actually digs into it and find out that they didn't create enough of a bevel edge. They created, they did more of what we call a V-notch. And a V-notch is where you just basically take a grinder or a sander and you make a very sharp edge just to take off the, the 90 degree or, the, or the, uh, the tear mark, if you will, just to give a little bit of room for some material to stick down in there. If you think about that, that's not really a whole heck of a lot of surface area for the repair material to adhere to. So imagine, if you will, looking at a line that's 45 degrees, and you look at the surface area on that, and you take that line down to where it's maybe a 30 degree angle. Well, you've got a lot more surface area if that bevel edge was taken down to a 30 degree bevel edge. But in some scenarios, you actually need to increase the bevel edge for composite repairs a whole heck of a lot more. How much more? Well, I've done some training scenarios talking about the proper bevel edge for fiberglass or for SMC and some of these components uh, from the manufacturer will recommend them to be bevel edged at a ratio of possibly 1 to 10, 1 to 12, or 1 to 15. So what's that mean? Alright, a 1 to 10 bevel ratio. If you've got a, a material that's say 4 millimeters thick, a 1 to 10 bevel ratio means your bevel edge for something that's 4 millimeters thick should be multiplied by 10, so that bevel edge should be 40 millimeters. And people say, that's an awfully wide bevel edge. Yes, it is, but think of this. If you're doing a repair on fiberglass on a boat where it's below the waterline and it's pounding into the waves and you're out in one of the Great Lakes or offshore, you're gonna to wanna to make sure you've got plenty of surface area for your repair material to adhere to. So increasing that bevel edge will help to eliminate uh, having to deal with those ghost mapping issues. 
Another area that can come up for that is not selecting the right material, meaning you always want to repair a rigid material with a rigid repair product, and you want to repair a flexible material with a flexible repair product. Because if you don't, what's going to happen is they're going to move at dissimilar rates. And you don't think about movement with these repairs, but there is some degree of movement. Uh, some time back, I had to talk to a customer. We were trying to figure out what was going on, and there was a very thick massive material that was glued up against another very thick massive material and we were trying to figure out a way to discuss how to possibly remedy that and basically said until you weld those two pieces together so that they move expand and contract at the same rate they're always going to move because of something called the coefficient of thermal expansion yeah it's a big word but linear thermal expansion is a actual occurrence that takes place so if you've got a material that's different in uh, structure composite thickness from another material where maybe you've done a patch or uh, you've got two different thicknesses of, of the same type of material in there they can move and expand and contract at different rates uh, I've seen it happen uh, you think about it you know some of the, the old cars Back in the 90s, the Saturns, uh, the, some of those vehicles that had the door skins that would be bolted on, you had to adjust them at a certain temperature to fit up. Because if you did it and it was too cold and the customers got the car back and then they drive it around and it's a nice warm sunny day, the panels would expand a little bit and the gaps would get very tight. So as things tend to expand, uh, tend to warm up, they expand. That's why if you look, drive over a bridge, you'll see a expansion joint where that bridge can actually expand and contract due to the heat. So we've got to allow for some of that as well. Next thing that can occur is uh, not properly dressing a weld. Uh, if you do a weld and the weld's not ground smooth, maybe there's a little bit of a hump still in there or there's a lot of hump still in there. Well, that weld is the thickest point and it's the hardest material in that area so it's going to move less while the other material is going to want to move around it and that can be one of those areas where that ghost mapping can occur to it so you want to make sure that if you have a scenario like that grind the weld down as smooth as possible um, last thing you want to do is stitch welds if you just do a couple stitch welds and there's a lot of gap for uh, movement between the panels you're also allowing a lot of gap for moisture to get in behind there and rust over time. We don't want that. So, you know, come back around and do a, uh, a stitch weld so they keep touching into each other. You do it until it's finally all welded up, welded up solid, grind it nice and smooth, then do your fiber reinforced product over top of that. That is definitely going to help to cut down on any kind of movement that can take place. Because when you just use a traditional body filler, uh, it's going to allow some movement to take place underneath of it. Using a fiber reinforced product, uh, Evercoat has a really good material called FiberTech. We've got Tiger Hair, Kitty Hair, we've got Everglass, Glasslight. All those are fiber reinforced. And people will ask me, well, when would I want to use one over the other? Well, here's what I say. The longer the strand, the more rigid and the more, more robust the repair is going to be. 
if you've just got a very small area you're trying to do repair on, maybe kitty hair is overkill. Maybe FiberTech is, is a good product for that. And truthfully, FiberTech is kind of my go-to product. If I need more strength in FiberTech, I go to kitty hair, tiger hair. If I don't need as much, maybe I'll just fall back to Everglass. But that's kind of my middle-of-the-road go-to product for something like that. And last but not least, making sure that all the products are similar chemistry and making sure that they're all properly catalyzed. Boy, I can't tell you how many times I've seen a repair that was done on a warm day. You have the first layer was slightly under catalyzed or maybe a lot. The second layer, maybe it was a filler and it was a little bit under catalyzed to give the work time. Maybe a putty was used over top of it. Same thing, under catalyzed just a little bit. And then a urethane primer was sprayed over top of it, sanded smooth, and then a urethane sealer, and then base coat, clear coat. And then all of a sudden, now we have all these different chemistries in there, and they're moving at different rates because they're not fully cured. They're not fully polymerized. Whenever I get a phone call about mapping issues on a car, usually it's a darker colored car. I'd like to ha have a phone call with somebody that say they've seen some mapping on a white Corvette, but that's not the reality. The reality is I see more mapping, hear about more mapping on dark colored cars, dark colored Corvettes. Uh, every time someone says they got a mapping issue on a Corvette, first question I ask is, is it black? And I usually get, how'd you know? Or no, it's a really dark green or it's a really dark blue. Well, that was probably why, because think of how hot a car can get sitting in a parking lot in the summertime. As that happens, anything that didn't fully cure is going to post-cure. Remember, when you catalyze a polyester, it creates some degree of exothermic energy. It creates its own heat. It, it gets hot when it cures. So if it didn't get enough heat to fully cure in that process, it's kind of waiting, waiting around, hanging around until it gets warm enough. And all of a sudden, that nice warm day in July or August and it's sitting there in the sun, guess what? It's got enough heat. It may post-cure and move around just a little bit. And that'll be one of those issues that you're looking at in the sun going, wow, what is that? And then if you bring it back in the shop to fix it, it cools down and most of it goes away or all of it goes away. So making sure each layer in the repair is fully catalyzed and fully cured. One of the tips that I give for people doing Corvette repairs is, try to make sure most of the repair material is similar chemistry. Uh, polyester in nature is one of the best. If you're going to do any kind of bonding to use a product like the vet panel adhesive as the bonding material and then filling that up uh, as far as the where the area is for the repair coming over top of that uh, with a material like FiberTech or uh, like I said Everglass and each time you apply one of these products my best advice is Make sure you fully catalyze it and then get it pretty close to shape. Put some heat on it. Put some infrared onto it. Bring it up to temperature. Bring it up to about uh, 120, 140. Let it cool. Finish sanding it out and then put your next material over top of it. Rough shape it. Same thing. Bring it up to temperature. Maybe the next range of temperature you bring up to is a little bit warmer. Add another 10, 15 degrees onto that. The benefit for that is if it's going to move, if it's going to map, let's have it do it now while we're still in the repairing process, while it's still in the shop, before we put the primer on, and definitely before we put the paint on. 
and that will help to cut down on a lot of those issues. So the key things to remember to avoid these ghost mapping issues, make sure the repair you're putting it over top of has a good beveled feather edge. It's not a V-notch. Make sure you're using the right material, rigid to rigid, flexible to flexible. Make sure it's fully catalyzed and there's not going to be any post-curing issues that are going to take place after the, the repair is done. If it's a weld, dress the weld out a little bit. Try to take some of the imperfections or surface irregularities out. The smoother the surface, the more it's going to have more contact area to bite onto. And finally, if you're going through layers of a repair process, post-cure. Put the material down, roof most of it to shape, put some heat on it, let it cool back down. Next layer, do the same, increase the heat up a little bit. If you follow those guidelines, some of the issues where you may have seen some ghost mapping in the past on repair you've done or on repair that might have come into the shop, you'll be able to isolate the areas and hopefully able to fix those areas so they're not going to come back and, and be an issue for you down the road. Well, that's all for today. So everyone, stay safe out there. Take care. <music>